West Coast, No Coast, East Coast podcast, where I, your host, Adam Schaefer, will be breaking down all the happenings in the land's best fantasy basketball league, all the while attempting to reveal none of my actual strategy. Have you earned the right to have an opinion on this topic? Oh, sure, you can have an opinion. Oh, sure, you probably will have an opinion. But have you really earned the right to have a legitimate, a credible opinion on this topic? This concept is certainly well understood in areas where we recognize that a supreme level of expertise is necessary to have an opinion on a matter. Rarely would you walk into a hospital and observe a surgeon who was performing some open-heart surgery and start to question what he or she was doing. Because you understand that, yeah, you might have read an article here or there about open-heart surgery, but this person spent years in schooling, spent years in residency, spent years actually performing this procedure, and all of that comes together to give that person a level of credibility that you simply cannot possess. But in other areas where you can develop an opinion far more rapidly, where the threshold of expertise seems to be much lower, it doesn't mean that you actually should develop a very strong opinion. But in an era where answering any question with, I'm not sure, I don't really know, is seen as a sign of weakness, it makes sense that we segregate ourselves into extreme, definitive, opinionated camps. Naturally, this bleeds into a lot of areas where there is an illusion that you can know a lot without being an expert, but you really don't. Take tax policy. We sit around dinner tables debating as if we are experts on the topic, as if these these Washington elites who have spent, just like the doctor, extra years of schooling on taxes, spent years of practice on taxes, spent years reading all the different theories from the left, from the right, from European nations, from Australia, And you, because you read an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal, somehow feel entitled to question this person's intelligence? Somehow feel entitled to have a stronger opinion than that person who has devoted his or her entire life to such a thing? No, no, no. This doesn't mean that experts can't be wrong. They absolutely will be. But all it takes for you to understand how shallow your opinion is, is to meet one of these experts that you have disdain for, that you feel like you are just as justified to an opinion as that person. And you realize that that person read the same article, knows the same tax study that you know, and yet came to a different conclusion. Oh, it's not that like somehow you have some holy grail and you know something that no one else knows. No, no, no. That other person knows all of that and yet doesn't agree with you because that person also knows like a hundred times more than you. All of this is to at least put forth the hypothesis that some people who have very strong opinions on this 43-game schedule, which apparently we will continue to have this season, don't have a full picture of what's going on. Namely, does anyone know why it's 43 games? 
This wasn't handed down by the fantasy basketball gods. No, this was a carefully calculated number based on the number of games that are played during a typical week, the number of players that are on a roster, 13, while allowing some room to have some transactions during said week. And it was set years ago. Do those conditions that existed four years ago still exist today? The answer is no. This must be the first point that is addressed by anyone who wants to keep it at 43 games, which, again, is not an arbitrary number. In fact, if it was an arbitrary number, anyone who wanted to keep it would have a much better argument. Hey, this is all arbitrary, and I arbitrarily want to support 43 games. But no, there was a methodology behind the 43 games, and that methodology is no longer correct because of a few things that have happened over the last four years. One, teams have starting, started resting players with a frequency that did not exist years ago. I mean, even the Spurs were just starting to do that, and now this has become far more common throughout the NBA. So that's something that's changed. But more concretely, this last offseason, the NBA adjusted its actual schedule. We should all know this when we think for just a few seconds that, oh wait, the, the NBA season's starting in the middle of October. It usually starts on Halloween. Why is that happening? Oh, and, and, and it's still ending at the same time. So that must mean that less games are being played each week. We're, we're not now at 100 games in the regular season. We're still at 82 games, yet the season's starting two weeks earlier Oh, yeah, they did mention that thing about how there's going to be fewer back-to-backs and how there's not going to be four games in five nights. Oh, yeah, yeah, that probably is going to affect the number of games that are played each week. And yes, that's in fact exactly what's happening. People, teams, will be playing less games each week than they did four years ago. But maybe you know all of that. That's entirely possible. And maybe you want it to be at 43 games or even higher, as some people suggested, for other reasons. And let me just quickly address the all-star game quirk, which is an absolutely outrageous setting to have 86 games over those two weeks. And I believe I went over this before, like, this is the example of a terrible arbitrary rule. Why do we have 86 games for those two weeks? Because the ESPN gods gave it to us. Is there any real logic or sense behind it? No. If there was, then we should apply that same principle to all the other weeks where, hey, even though your roster can only play about 47 games in, in this two-week period, we're going to have it at 86. Let's continue that ratio for all the other weeks. So instead of it being 43 games, we should really have like 62 games. So it just, it just doesn't work. Um, unless maybe, and this is the thing, it doesn't all have to be logical, it doesn't all have to make sense, it's like, this is just fun, and I'm voting for fun. It was arbitrarily handed to us, I wouldn't have come up with it myself, but now I see it and I like it. And that actually is a great argument that someone could make for the 43 games. Yeah, I realize that the conditions have changed, I just like it. I like that it allows me to turn over my roster in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise, and I have... We, we put the rule in place for one reason. Those reasons have changed, but it's now been replaced by other reasons. That's, that's an entirely fair argument. 
But I'll tell you what's not a fair argument, is pointing to last season and Green 18's sweep of everything. He wins the head-to-head championship. He wins the rotisserie league. And we look at his roster. Oh, was he out there wheeling and dealing? No, four transactions in the year. Oh my God, this is just outrageous. Does... Does this just mean that the whole regular season doesn't matter and transactions don't matter and it was just one on draft night and we're just all kidding ourselves to think we had a chance? Of course not. First off, look at every other champion. So you've had one champion in five years who had an abnormally small number of transactions. Totally unprecedented. Never happened any other year. But more importantly, not everyone gets to win. And... There are games and leagues and sports where one team is just so much better than everybody else. And you know what? You lose! You can make hundreds of transactions. You can work the waiver wire. You can make trades. And you're just going to lose. If you double-team everyone else on the Warriors and just leave Andre Iguodala open and he makes threes, you're going to lose! They have a better team than you. This is not a problem with basketball. This is, yeah, Green 18 had a better team and did a better job at the outset. And we shouldn't create these these rules that make it so that, I mean, this is like Mario Kart, right? Do we really want a world like Mario Kart where, well, you're just in last place, so you just keep getting blue shells and you keep getting bullets because we want to make it so that everyone has a chance of winning, which just like Mario Kart, you do have a chance of winning. If that is a weakness in Green 18 strategy where he's not making transactions, you can close the gap with those transactions. Just as you can close the gap with those blue shells and with the bullets and with the stars. But it doesn't mean that you get to win even though you're a worse racer. Like, you might be better at certain things, but you're not better at enough, and so you lose. It's all to say that it looks like we're going to have those 43 games again and that it's going to be ridiculously hard to ever get to 43 games unless you were turning over at least two spots in your roster. But that's the game that it seems like the majority of people want to play. Okay. But we don't have to keep it. And yes, the draft already happened and oh, my draft strategy would have been so affected. And I'm not saying that it wouldn't have changed your draft strategy at all, but really 43 to 41 games and you look back at the draft like I would have played it totally different. Totally different. Still, I agree that if the rule was not changed before the draft, it shouldn't be changed now. But I will just add in that the people who are most vocally making this point happen to be the same people who were handed an incredible Christmas present at the beginning of October when they, by their own ridiculous negligence, didn't fill out keepers. Now, if this was the first year we did keepers, I get it. It wasn't. We did the exact same thing last year. You went in and you filled it out. Oh, it's not on the app. Like, you know that. You know that the app sucks. You're not allowed to complain about that thing anymore. We all know that the app sucks. Oh my God, I went over 43 games because I didn't see it on the app. Yep, we know that. that, Oh my God, I didn't see the keepers because I wasn't on the app. Why did you think that that would be on the app? It wasn't on the app last year. You didn't get to put your keepers last year on the app. Like, come on. So while I don't like handing out Christmas presents in unprecedented fashions like that, there were just enough people in the league who somehow missed this. And even though there was an email, even though there was a deadline, even though it was right there and there, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
enough people missed it that it just seemed like the thing to do. And I wouldn't want to start a season any other way. Give me something to be fired up about. Give us all something to care about. We begin another season. We return all 12 members. Incredible. Yes, if you're wondering, Colin hasn't taken the ACT, but he still says that he will. And I believe him. I love Colin. Uh, I will throw this out here. First off, yes, last place. So we're going to have two people taking the ACT, SAT this year. Uh, if no one does. So apparently the $1,000 penalty, which no one has paid, doesn't seem to matter. Uh, people just run off, which I love that Colin is back. Okay, so some stuff happened in his life. He still says he's going to do it. I, I, I don't have a, a reason to believe that he won't do it. He will do that. And uh, we'll we'll get that done for the first time and then we'll have someone else taking it at the end of this year uh if none of that happens for whatever reason uh i will just take it so if it hasn't been enough of a punishment that you're supposed to pay everybody that your pride is on the line that you gave your word if all of that stuff isn't enough maybe the fact that by you not taking it i have to take it would be enough uh i don't know if that if that changes incentives at all because uh, yeah i don't care about adam so what? Like, he has to go spend six hours on a Saturday taking a test because I didn't want to? Yeah, I don't care. I barely even know that person. Uh, that might very well be true. We will find out. But someone, I can promise you this, someone is taking that test in the next 12 months. Uh, in terms of other things, uh, pay me. $100? Some people have. That's great. I realize I haven't put out an email. I mean, I'm not in any way upset about that. Uh, but if you guys could send that to me, and then I could use some of those funds to keep buying Bitcoin. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got right now. I know I usually do a draft review, but this has already taken up so much time. So maybe I'll do it in a year. I don't even know what I'm going to do with the podcast this year. I stopped a lot of my other podcasts. I mean, this is always fun. As long as you guys find it fun, I'll try to find find ways to make this entertaining uh okay well have a fun week trying to get to 37 games uh i know almost no one will oh and i wasn't saying that people don't have a right to an opinion on the 43 games it's just something i thought about been thinking about lately and maybe it applies to you but i was not meaning to imply that all those who disagree with me don't have the right to an opinion just an interesting concept right it's worth thinking about. That's what we're hearing in this podcast. We want to think about things.